Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. So a couple of years ago, I had uh, an opportunity to chat to an amazing teenager who had written a book, a poetry book, I'll have you know, called A Few Slivers of Light. And um, at the time, Jess was 14. And, um, you know, she had her own personal struggles, uh, mental health challenges, and she channeled this all into this collection of really beautiful poetry, and we spoke about it then. And, you know, Jess hasn't stopped writing. She's continued writing. But, in fact, the, the book that we're talking about today, I think she wrote when she was 12. But Jess will tell us all about it. 16-year-old Jess, who's now the author of two books um, and really a great advocate for uh, mental health in um, for our youth. We know that it is a huge escalating problem. It's not going away. So we have to find ways of ensuring our children, um, and this is a, a range or a, a range of age, that they feel safe, that they feel heard, that they feel understood, that they feel like they have a place, that they can manage their thoughts and their feelings. Um, yeah, because um, yeah, we, we, we seem to be facing many challenges, and that is definitely um, what Jess is very passionate about. So enough of me. Let's uh, talk to Jess, who will tell you more. Jess Robers. Um, as I said, a 16-year-old high school student, poet, author, and mental health advocate. Jess, welcome. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. I'm so excited to be on the show again. <laughs> well, it's amazing. And you know, it, um, it's, it's, we, we're focusing on the youth today. Um, and we're looking at mental health and this entire show, we're going to be looking at the incredible youth and, um, how to harness this beautiful young energy to make this world a better place and really to make our lives as exceptional as we possibly can. But life doesn't always just, um, unfold the way we want it to. And especially, you know, in the world today and especially with our youth. So let's talk about you, Jess. Let's go back two years, um, when you first released um, your incredible um, slivers of life, as I've said to the audience, you know, you were dealing with your own personal struggles and mental health um, challenges. What does life look like or what has life looked like since releasing a few slivers of life? What was that experience like for you? Well, it was certainly a unique experience, Nikki. <laughs> it was amazing to get to put my poetry out into the world, these very personal ramblings from my journals and insights into my own mind that I hadn't fully understood until I put them down onto a piece of paper to put that out there and then to see people, you know, reacting with such kindness and such positivity to them and even, you know, connecting with them and finding ways of using and seeing the poetry in their own life and their own journeys with mental health. That was really special. And it's been incredible mm. to have the opportunity to do that. Going I'm sure. I'm sure, Jace. And, and, and what's it like being a, a teenager, 14 years old? Um, it's personal. You're talking about <laughs> mental health. You know, you are, you're saying to, um, people, let's talk about it. It's real. Um, mm. and there are a lot of, um, young people out there who don't want to talk about it. They feel that there's a stigma or they feel that yes. there's something wrong. Do you think that it, it changed things? And I'm talking about within your circles, within your school, obviously people who you could relate to and who had access to your book. Well, 
in my own personal circle, everyone I know has been very, they've been very supportive of my journey and very receptive to my book. And I have to say that I was, I was really positively surprised by the reception which my book got through with teenagers in my school and in the other schools that I've, I've talked at because I've done a number of mental health talks at schools, which has been incredible. But I think that, like you said, so often there's a stigma associated with mental health and mental health issues. Like it's this unnameable, unknowable beast that lurks in the corner. Like it's there, but we don't want to talk about it because that makes it too real. Mm. But I think that um, when I, when I shared my book and when I started talking about my own struggles with mental health issues, that really for me, it was, it, it was scary. It was nerve wracking to put myself out there, but I really appreciated getting to do it, to open up those conversations. And I have seen that it has helped other people to gain the courage and, you know, feeling validated enough to start conversations with mental health in their own peer groups, which has been amazing. So I I like to think it's helped at least a little bit. (laughs) Fantastic, Jess. And as you say, it's such an important conversation to have. We're going to take a quick break. Um, We're going to be right back, Jess. Please stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, we are focusing on the youth today in really the most beautiful way. We're talking about mental health. I have um, Jess Robus, um, who is a 16-year-old high school student. Um, she is also a poet. She's an author. She's a mental health advocate. We're talking about her uh, her poetry book that she um, launched and she wrote and released two years ago, A Few Slivers of Light. And she's written another one, which we'll be talking about in a moment. You have indeed. Um, but just, just going back to the discussion around mental health, um, you know, we have days when we, we don't feel good and then we have days when we do feel good and What's it like navigating that um, as a young teenager and then realizing, well, actually, maybe there's something more happening here. Um, you know, I don't want to feel like this all the time and I need to write my feelings down or I need to reach out and speak to someone or, you know, do something about it. Like, what was that like for you? Well, it can definitely be scary starting with it. I think that one of the uniquely horrible things about mental health issues is that they come with such a large degree of shame. You feel like there's something wrong with you. It's your weakness that's causing this to happen. So you feel the need to sort of isolate yourself, you know, not talk about what's happening because you don't know how to explain it. And you don't want to put it out there that you're dealing with such heavy things. And so it can be, it can be very difficult to start the discussions around mental health to actually to even know where to start, how to talk about such difficult, such deeply personal issues. But I think that once you get going, as cliched as it sounds, it does get a whole lot easier. Like in my own journey, I know that once I started writing and then from writing got the courage to talk to my parents, the psychologist about what I was feeling, just it became so much so much easier to deal with these issues if I knew that they were things that I didn't have to deal with alone, that I didn't have to try and like repress or stuff down into the recesses of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Once they became something that I could name and talk about, it was really easier to deal with them and I felt a lot more supported and validated. Mm, well, to have a supportive family and also, you know, to be creative, mm-hmm. as you say, there's so much there that you don't understand and there are all these feelings and there are these thoughts that come up and 
you know, sometimes if you think if you talk about it, maybe it's going to get worse or you're going to focus. Or as you say, there could be so much shame around it. So for you to be yes. able to, I mean, you, you, you know, you wrote your first poems at eight and then lyrics and music for your first song at nine. So you had this creative expression, um, this way of, you know, almost taking what's in there out um, into the world. Um, and so I, I think it's a, a great way of reaching out to others and a great way of healing self as well. So let's talk about Arnold, the not dinosaur. So I, I found this so interesting. You wrote Arnold, the not dinosaur, when you were 12 years old. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, tell us more. So this book, Arnold, it's incredibly special to me, very close to my heart. I've always said um, a few slivers of light is like my my first child, but then Arnold, the non-dinosaur, Arnold was going to be my little boy. So (laughs) this book was something that was inspired by a green stuffed dinosaur toy that my dad got for me. That one of my best friends and I were kind of playing around with. And we decided that we were going to name this dinosaur and we somehow settled upon the name Arnold. And I thought there's such a story behind Arnold the not dinosaur. And then I just sort of typed out this little, sort of almost like a fable onto my mum's computer, left it for four years <laughs> and then discovered it uh, sometime last year, started the process of changing it from this draft into a tangible real book, which was amazing. But I always knew that I wanted a way to open conversations around mental health and identity and belonging with young children so that it wasn't going straight into the serious, heavy stuff, but it was still talking about some of those important issues. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful, and it's so beautifully illustrated. Aww. So it's a children's book. It's a children's book. Um, and mm-hmm. and the font is so interesting as well because you've you've used a font that is – dyslexic friendly what is what is dyslexic friendly font so my incredible illustrator holly actually floated the idea of using a dyslexic friendly font first because uh, she's dyslexic and we were both very passionate about improving accessibility of the book so basically what the font is is a specific type of font that helps to differentiate between letters more so like some of them have heavier bottoms or more pronounced sticks on some of the letters so that it's more difficult to mix them up so that people who struggle with dyslexia will have an easier time reading the story. Wow, just beautiful. And I must say, Hoddy did a great job with the illustrations. She did. And I love that it is so South African, um, you know, <laughs> Arnold's living on Table Mountain. And as you say, you tackle issues of mental health and identity and belonging, which is really, really very big at the moment. Um mm. In terms of in terms of identity and belonging, what are your thoughts, Jess? I mean, Arnold the Not Dinosaur didn't know who to identify with or how to identify. How come at the age of 12, you know, this was relevant for you? Well, I think that a lot of the times, and no offense to adults listening or to you, Mickey, but... Sometimes belonging and identity are treated as issues that sort of spring up fully formed in adulthood, when in reality, these issues are in play from a far younger age, in the playground, in the family unit, in the classroom. Children are always wondering where they fit, specifically in school when things like social dynamics and social placement is so important. And I know that growing up as a weird kid, I probably am a very weird child and definitely was at a young age. 
I saw, uh, I saw in my own life how difficult it was not to know where you fit, to know that there was something different about you that you didn't quite understand, but everyone else seemed to know exactly what it was and they didn't like it very much. <laughs> so I felt these uh, issues in my own life. And so I know that they are definitely at play with young kids. And I wanted to, to talk about them in a way that was slightly allegorical. So again, it wasn't, you know, the extreme seriousness or like putting these issues out in their fullest form, but it was just sort of, you know, getting kids giving kids a space to discuss how they fit in school or at home or just in themselves. Mm, I think it's wonderful. As I said, and particularly relevant now. Um, so you say you were a weird child. What, what, what do you mean you were <laughs> weird? What, what is a weird child, um, Jess? We're going to take a, a, a quick um, ad break and then you can tell us what a weird child looks like. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. We have um, Jess um, Robus in the studio, well, on the show today. Um, Jess has just uh, released her second book, um, Arnold, The Not Dinosaur. This is a children's book. It is really beautifully illustrated. And as Jess was saying, um, it, it tackles the issues of around mental health, around uh, belonging, really, and identity, um, Arnold, The Not Dinosaur. Um, Jess, you were saying that, um, you know, as, as from a young age, um, all youngsters are looking, you know, to find where they belong, their place in the world. Who are they? Who do they identify with? How do they identify? Um, and um, it's looking for this all the time. And you were saying that you were a weird child and that this is, you know, this, this feeling weird and different brought to your attention this idea of identity and where you belong. But, but what do you mean? Like, what does it feel like? What, what do you mean a weird child? <laughs> Well, if I had to describe it, I'd say that I was never really all that good at being a kid. I had, um, I had an incredible childhood and like, I love my parents very much. And I made some, I made some, uh, wonderful friends with whom I'm still friends to this day. But I also, I had interests that were atypical <laughs> for my age group. The first job that I ever wanted to have was I wanted to be a paleontologist. That was my first job ambition, and I say that again, Jess. You say that again. A paleontologist is that what you want? A paleontologist, to be? hence, yep. hence the dinosaur. <laughs> hence the dinosaur. It's stuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, from a young age, I've loved reading and writing and just gaining knowledge. Like there's very little which I find as enjoyable and rewarding as just learning as much as I can about a given topic that I'm interested in at that moment which um, is, shall we say, not what all six, seven-year-olds are generally doing. Mm. <laughs> so I was, I, yeah, I, I've been the greatest at reading social cues and I had very different, different interests. And so I didn't really fit in with my peer group as um, much as like a, a typical child would. And so I struggled a little bit with that as a child. Mm. Yeah. And uh, as you say, not knowing where to belong and then, you know, how, however it made you feel and however you process that 
I'm, I'm presuming, and I'm going to ask you to answer, is that when issues around mental health started to come up for you because you, you felt different and, in your words, weird? Well, I think that was definitely a part of it. Part of it is just um, I have an inbuilt predisposition to be an anxious person for as long as I've known my baseline has been anxious and a little bit of, I'm, I'm an optimist, but my own mood has always been a little bit on the sadder side of things. So that's just been an inbuilt thing for me, but definitely feeling isolated or feeling like an outsider or a pariah in social situations with my peers was quite difficult for me. Mm, wow. So Jess, how amazing that you've, as I said earlier, how you've taken all of that and you've created something and now you are kind of in service, you know, helping others in the process. So how does a 16 year old, um, publish a children's book? I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I'm holding this book. We've discussed your first book as well. You know, you're 16. I don't want to underplay. You've said you've always, you know, been very interested in things way beyond your years. But how do you do something like this? Did you have help? Did you do it on your own? I definitely had help. I think publishing the first book was an incredible learning experience for me that taught me so much about the sort of business side of writing. And I worked with um, the incredible ladies who used to run Scoob's Bookstore in Monte Cassino. And they have a sort of self-publishing agency called Tango with Text. And they've really just, they helped me to self-publish this book as well. But it's been amazing. My, my parents uh, have, they were very involved in my first book launch because I was 14. I, I was little, couldn't do much. <laughs> but now they've, They've handed over the reins and they've really been teaching me how to manage this for myself so that going forward, I'll have the skills and the expertise so that I can navigate these waters by myself in the future. Just beautiful. So where can people find Arnold the Not Dinosaur? So they can find it on my website, www.jessrobus.com, along with my other book, Few Slivers of Light, where books are also available on Amazon and Fingers crossed, my mum and I are currently talking to a number of bookstores, so hopefully you'll be seeing my favourite dinosaur in some bookshops next to you. And then if you want to like look at my adventures and what Arnold's doing, because I take him everywhere, as in I've taken him onto national television, my mum was, <laughs> it was an interesting day, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jess Lists Musical Mayhem and Facebook at Jess Robles. Wow. So I think it does belong in a, a mainstream bookstore. I definitely, definitely do. So for, for, for any parents who are listening right now, why, why should they get this book, Jess? Why should they buy this book for their, for their child? Well, this is a book that I poured a lot of my heart and soul into. It's something that's very close to me. And it's something that really personally and gently tackles the important issues that are going to play out in your child's life. I wanted this to be something that others could connect with in the same way that I have, for it to be a celebration of differences and acceptance of the fact that people are different and that's okay. And so I think that in terms of opening those conversations within the family unit in a gentle way, this book would be a good way to go. Plus, the illustrations are fabulous and your child will love it. I know I do. <laughs> they really are. What age group is this for? This book is geared towards ages 0 to 7, but really anyone can enjoy it. 
Yeah, well, I certainly did. Jess, you're amazing. Really, I, I just love hearing your voice. I love hearing the energy in your voice. But I really love what you're contributing and how you are, you know, contributing to the world in, in such a beautiful way. So onwards and upwards, Jess Robus. I'm sure in a, very soon we'll be chatting about your next book. Um, and always holding the banner, really promoting, um, good mental health, uh, uh, amongst the youth and yeah, opening up the conversation, which is so important. So great having you on the show, Jess. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to my school that let me step out of class to do this meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't that happen last time as well? You just had to step out of class to discuss your first book. You you know, I'm just, I'm just going on the radio to talk about my book. I mean, that's just incredible, Jess. (laughs) Thanks to your teachers. They're amazing. Incredible. They're all fabulous. Thanks, Jess. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, wow. So, so that's Jess Robus. Um, and she's just uh, released Arnold the Not Dinosaur. So it really, I've said it a number of times today, beautifully illustrated the fact that they've written in this dyslexic, it's in this dyslexic friendly font. It's called Open Dyslexic and it's about Arnold's, um, the not dinosaur and how Arnold and it takes place on Table Mountain with the beautiful proteas and how Arnold has a little bit of an identity crisis, um, being this green dinosaur that roams uh, Table Mountain and just, yeah, all the issues come up and uh, wonderful dis- discussion points. So, um, if it's something and, and we should all really be having these discussions. So. Um, yeah, you can get hold of Jess and you can get that book that is Arnold, The Not Dinosaur, written by Jess Robus.